We are back. Very much back. We are rolling. Um, are you excited about this podcast? No. <laughs> Mixed emotions. Um, I think it's going to be good because there's a lot to talk about. Mm-hmm. And for those of you who are listening, you'll obviously know from the title, we are talking about when our marriage blew up. Mm-hmm. And we, we use that phrase just to sum up and people understand what we're talking about. But we are, as of 2023, we are 10 and a half years married. But just before our fifth year, like, what was it, six or seven weeks before our fifth year anniversary, um, I had an emotional affair for a couple of days. Um, And this next few minutes is just black and white, like what happened. And then over time, we're going to break down how we got through it, what we worked on, what we realized about ourselves and stuff like that. So did you want to share something? Do you want to just define really quick an emotional affair? Yeah, sure. So um, well, let me just tell a bit of the story then. Sure. Is that okay? Yeah, yeah. Um, so um, obviously we'd been married a few years. Um, things weren't as straightforward as everyone or the movies tell you they are going marriage to be. Marriage hard. happily ever after. Um, and so I just didn't think we had all the communication tools we do today where we weren't quite as open with each other. And long story short is you had gone away um, and um, a woman had messaged me and opened a conversation. It was a very innocent conversation. She had no intent behind what she said. Um, But she basically said, how are you doing without your wife around? And um, I unloaded emotionally. And I'm trying not to break too much confidence because I haven't had asked her permission to share. But she responded. Yeah, there was there was there was a back and forth texting. And this um, was a friendship, right? Yeah, there was a previous friendship there. Yeah, there was um, trust. So there was a back and forth communication for just under forty eight hours, somewhere in that kind of range, maybe thirty six, whatever, just under a couple Mm -hmm. of days. And then we both agreed that this was crazy and we need to, you know, bring it out into the open. You were still away at the time. Yeah. And uh, and so I waited till the Friday you got back to talk to you. Um, but yeah, that's the extent of an, an emotional affair. We emotionally engaged with each other, went deep, um, stirred up things inside of each other that didn't need to be stirred up. Mm-hmm. And we we talked about deep emotional things um inside each other and i think we were both just too unhappy Mm -hmm. in that moment people Mm -hmm. trying to meet needs in each other yeah um and that we we never kissed we never touched we never we never really saw each other i mean we saw each other prior and afterwards and uh for about five minutes during the moments of texting Mm -hmm. and that was about it and that's an emotional affair. Yeah. We admitted to each other that we liked each other through the emotional cause. Yeah. Um, and that was the extent of it. Yeah. It's interesting when um, it came out, how um, how many guys kind of... Um, yeah. I mean, I don't want to... I don't want to steer too much down this road. Yeah. I just want to keep on point. Because 
I do want to talk about all the different facets. But yeah, I mean, over the preceding couple of months that I processed with guys, I remember there was 10 guys that I'd singled out to be like, these are guys that can help me, coach me, whatever. And five of them had said, oh, I've done something like that before and Mm. just got on with it. Nothing ever actually happened. So I moved on. Yeah. I think in so many ways people would be like, well, that's not really an affair, you know, because we didn't fool around. It was just a... We talked a little too much, texted, our fingers got away with us, or we yeah, said yeah. things that we probably shouldn't have I mean, have said. probably in our heads we were, all right, like, we've just admitted we liked each other, and you're married, and you're not, and so where do we go from here? Right. And then we were like, this is dumb, what are we talking yeah. about? Like, yeah. this is stupid. There's nowhere to go from here. Yeah. Let's, when let's... you actually unpack what needs to f- happen next, it's San- just not... Sanity hits you at some point. Not appropriate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's just dive in like on how, what, what unfolded. So, um, obviously this was going on, um, with you and this person and I'm away on vacation. Um, and you're enjoying, like, you're happy that I'm gone. Like that was something that 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 came out of your mouth. Yeah, that was the first thing. So she messaged me, um, a few hours after you had gone and, and I was realizing like, oh my gosh, Actually, no, it's the next day after you went. It was the okay. next day. Because you hung out with a friend, didn't you? Yeah, and I, and I remember thinking to myself, oh my gosh, I'm so happy she's gone. That's amazing. And then I started, like, in hindsight, you think about that. You're like, well, someone you spend almost every moment of your life with, you shouldn't necessarily be happy they're right. gone. Right, um, So sad. Yeah, super sad. And um, But that was just where you were at. That's yeah, what that's you were feeling. And at. And maybe that was the first time you realized oh wow i'm happy that my wife is away for the week like then that is almost a trigger in and of itself like whoa i feel this yeah that's pretty messed up and then it's not until later on that you dig deep like well what is it that her absence brings relief you know Mm -hmm. and we'll talk later on about being critical and all these things that just destroy connection and and each other but um so there's like an absence of that which felt like you had space to now breathe and in this situation unload Mm -hmm. and get relief or whatever um so i'm away i had this like turning in my stomach um there were like many things i think in my head that didn't actually it wasn't our marriage but like just some things that had I'd been kind of going on in my head thinking oh am I just being insecure you know um am I overthinking this particular person um and their role in your life or your connection or whatever um and when I was away, it became less less about that, but more just realizing that we were not doing well. Because I would text you and there was not much in response. Like you would respond, but it wasn't connection. It was responding because you had to. Or, yeah, answering a question or, mm-hmm. but not taking a real interest in really feeling like, you wished you were with us or nothing like that. And about half 
way into the trip away with my parents because you had to work. We had started a business. Um, our boys were really young and my parents just offered to take us away on vacation and you couldn't go because you had to work. So I went with the boys and my parents and, um, halfway through I had this really vivid dream and in the dream there was a portion of it that had to do with a relationship with our other friends like a there was a certain part of the dream and when I woke up I said God how am I gonna know if this dream was accurate because essentially the dream was that you were connecting emotionally with this particular person and it was like in my dream I was searching from room to room to catch you connecting with this person. And uh, it happened in the dream. You were just giggling away and laughing. And, um, and I knew I was, I was angry. And I felt powerless. And I was like, okay, there's this one particular part of the dream that has nothing to do with that, but it's something that I could probably ask Sam. And if he were to confirm that, yeah, that would be true. If he did that, then God told me that I would know that the dream was real and that there was truth to this whole dream. So I woke up, I told you, I texted you and said I had this bad dream and, and you were like, oh, really? And uh, in the text, I was like, oh, I don't even know if he really wants to hear because he knows I've got this like prophetic intuition, you know, so he's probably crapping his pants on the other side. But um, I, I said to you, hey, if I were to say that so-and-so would feel this way, maybe you're you know, cracking too many jokes about this particular thing. Do you think that he would feel um, a bit upset about it? And you said yes. And so when you confirmed that little part that God told me, you know, if Sam confirms that, then you will know that the rest of the dream is true. Uh, so when you confirmed that, I was like, it was a check in my spirit. I was like, yep, this is real. This is what I'm going home to. And that was Wednesday and we were going to be heading back home on Friday. And I was just really quiet with my parents. I remember feeling sick to my stomach. I wasn't eating much. I was actually really skinny at that point um, when I look back. And uh, you subconsciously start putting like more effort on your physical appearance when you feel like something's wrong. I was like, okay, what's my like superpower here? You know? Like, obviously, it's sex and body and attraction, right? And so, and you're not, and I don't feel like I wasn't doing it consciously. It was like totally subconscious. I was sending you pictures in my bikini, wasn't I? And like, oh, I bought this new bathing suit, whatever. And your response was just like, nice, whatever. And I was like, whoa. Um, But I think that's normal for women. Anyway, we get back, and it was Friday, and. My parents dropped me off. We just put the kids down. I think I was still holding Gideon in my arms because he was really young and hadn't gone to sleep yet. But Judah was asleep and you sat me down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I told you what happened and yeah. there was a lot of fierce yeah. <laughs> resistance, <laughs> which is expected. I actually think our back door was open a crack and a we crack, lived in a townhouse yeah. at the time. So like the which screen like was... Which is like a terrace house for British screen. people. Yeah. The screen was closed, but like you could hear everything. No, you could hear everything. And then we called a friend in and he sat and mediated. I had um, packed bags in case that she would kick me out. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, and it was in that evening um, through the chaos and the 
anger and the tears and the mm. hurt that we you went and got the vows off the wall yeah and, when, and when we were sitting there um i just remember like kind of staring off <laughs> to one side not looking at you not looking at anything particular but staring off and just pausing and i think my head was like is this seriously my life like this is my life this is not a dream like this is really happening and uh I just saw this like image all I can say is like in the spirit or saw this vision in my head and it was like the face of this demon or like you would kind of say like a, the devil and just this like smirk on his face like ha like you know almost like there was this spiritual force that wanted to destroy our family mm-hmm. and our connection and I was like oh my gosh this is like so not just about Sam and I like we're yes we could destroy each other but there's spiritual forces going on that are playing a role in wanting to divide our family and so I couldn't just see it as a physical fight against you and I um but it was like spiritually too we had to like fight and so I sat there and I felt God say go upstairs and get your vows off the wall. I mean, like, okay, go upstairs. I grab my vows and I just read them to you. And I just remember feeling like I'm making a declaration right now of what I'm reminding myself of what I said when we got married and what I promised you and what I promised the Lord and that I was going to fight for us. And I chose in that moment to forgive And we'll talk about forgiveness because there's so much to talk about. But I remember when I went upstairs to get my vows, I think it was at that same time I picked up my phone and I texted the girl that um, you had had an, an emotional affair with. And I just said, hey, I love you and I forgive you. Mm -hmm. And I knew that if I didn't do it right then, that I probably would have overthought it and maybe wouldn't have done it. But, um... I just knew it was the right thing to do then and there. Yeah, and so we're we're just shy of five years into yeah. our marriage. And um uh and a few things that preceded it with hindsight, people said to me like, Well, the first five years are the hardest. Most marriages break up in the first five years or after the kids move out and you're starting to hear all this stuff and like, why wouldn't I <laughs> learn this stuff before? Right. But we had we are going to break down i mean there's so much to the story um years building up to what happens the the actual 48 hours the the 48 hours from when i told you to that whole weekend basically is a massive story on its own um but we wanted to dedicate a few minutes to just really black and white tell everyone what happened and say hey listen like we come on these podcasts and we talk and we've preached at churches and we've counseled yeah. people before and since. Yeah. Um, but we we have a story too. Mm-hmm. And that story has equipped us to be able to um, really unpack things and help other people as well. And so we want to, we don't want to glorify the mess we want to acknowledge the mess as part of the message yeah 
Um, and the tools that we used in the midst of this and the things that we learned. I mean, we had tools previously that we were offering people, but we didn't have <laughs> the actual experience of what, you know, because you can talk about forgiveness and you can talk about disconnect, but when you're in the middle of it, how do you actually do it? Yeah. You know, and yeah. we were in this, we found ourselves in this mess that we're like, well, what do we do now? Everything that we've ever preached and taught and whatever. Yeah, we have some tools, but then there's some tools that you get when you're in the battle. You're like, oh, I'm learning this firsthand. I was never prepared for this. Yeah. Um, can I just say quickly, though, you didn't leave that night. I didn't yep, let you strange. pack your bags yep. and leave. I was like, no, you're going to stay and you're going to answer every question that I have. Mm. I mean, ladies, if you know, you can understand like there's questions, right? You got questions, you have things that run through your head. And if he's not there, you like, you can't process those. So you would, you had agreed that you would, that you would answer. Well, basically I had, I had set my stool out prior to the Friday night that I wanted our marriage to work. Yeah. But I also knew that the extent of my mess left it semi out of my control obviously I, I had to approach you in such a manner that said hey i want to work on this i want to work through this i want i don't i don't want to lose you and, right. the, and the found the kids but i didn't fully have the ball in my court so i had my bag ready in case you chose which you didn't choose obviously right. and, we're still and you had today. already booked a counseling session yeah for the following for tuesday mm-hmm. yeah and just put some things in place but all these things we'll we'll get to, and I and we just wanted to have a podcast out there so that we could reference back, rather yeah. than we could be talking about disconnect or we could be talking about this and be like, oh, our marriage blow up, oh, our marriage blow up. And people are like, what, what mm. marriage blow up are you talking about? Right. And you can have a quick podcast. Yeah. You go back, ah, that's what happened. Yeah, for sure. And I think too, it's you know, in talking about blow ups you it also costs you something yeah. you know we were preaching at school of ministry in toronto um and it cost us that we had to call them up and say like hey listen we can't we can't come and teach the school like we've got a mess on our hands and um it's an awkward thing you know it's your personal life is blowing up but you got to decide what's more important like you need to take care of your your household your family and kind of let those dreams go and surrender them to God. And um, it's not an easy process to feel like you've been uh, knocked down and that everything that you thought um, you were called to is now, you know, <laughs> just dangling and kind of like, is this... It's out of your control. Yeah. It's it's become something where we would talk and preach about how we trust God and God's our provider and we're following him and all that stuff. And yet some of those things we had built. Yeah. And now we have zero control. Yeah. And we actually have to walk out what we've talked. Yeah. And trust God. Thus began the restoration process. Thus began the restoration. My conversations with God you know, were, oh God, what now? And like everything that I felt like I was called to and just having him remind me that 
you're going to see how much greater you'll be used mm. because of this. Not only having compassion for people who've gone through stuff like this, I can now engage in compassion for all parties, you know? Um, and yeah, I want to make, I want to make the devil pay for messing with people's relationships because the family structure is important. Society needs family Mm -hmm. and marriages and healthy, healthy marriages and connection. Now, yeah. (laughs) Okay, so we're going to cut it off there. Nice and abruptly. We're going to crash that plane, as they say. And um, we will be back with more podcasts. Thank you for listening. Thanks for listening.